0: Hello and welcome back to the Flying Green Sports Podcast. We are your hosts, Michael Nanny and Brian Nebel, and we have had a little bit of time off here, but a lot has happened in that time. The Philadelphia Eagles are off to the NFC Championship game this weekend. Up and running. Up and running, playing the San Francisco 49ers at the link. It's going to be rowdy. And the New York Jets will be at home on the couch watching, but that doesn't mean (laughs) they don't have plenty to talk about in their own right. After hiring Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator, so how are you doing, Brian?
1: I'm doing great. I'm I'm excited to be back. I've missed it. I uh, I had to go away of to town, out of town here this past week, so I wasn't able to do it last, last week in episode. But I'm ready. NFC Championship. A lot has happened. I feel like the last episode, the playoffs didn't even start. I don't even know. And now, now we're in Championship Sunday. Eagles, Niners, you got Bengals, Chiefs, my, which my prediction in that episode was Eagles, Bengals, Super Bowl.
0: So yeah, getting I, close I predicted to Bills and Eagles, I think, so I'm already off the table with that. And I had the Bills winning, so, uh, so <laughs> Bills predictions are, not, are already off win. the rails. Um, and that was my preseason, too. I think I had Bills over Eagles, so... Uh, at least I had the Eagles. I did predict a good season for them. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, divisional round for the Eagles, it was a matchup that I think I thought could potentially be a tough one. The Giants were red hot, playing well. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts, there were questions about his health. Was he 100% back yet? But the Eagles just answered all those questions in resounding fashion. Just a wire-to-wire, dominant oh, win, yeah. 38-7. to over four hundred yards versus only two twenty seven for the Giants, which I am looking at it here. That's the fewest oh, by yeah. any team in the playoffs so far. So dominant win over a solid Giants team. Um, what do you think of this Eagles' performance? Do they look championship ready?
1: Well, uh, before the game, I was like, "This Giants could be the Giants could be a sneaky team. They're hungry. They're fighting. Just got a big playoff win against Minnesota, and you never know those divisional games will go." um but they came out opening drive touchdown and from then on never looked back the defense was flying all over the field off of Jalen Hurts looked back to his mvp form he was able to get a couple runs even ran for a touchdown in this one um didn't make any bad throws any bad decisions um and our, the running game was terrific not even led by um Miles Sanders in this one but Kenneth Gainwell uh had the uh, most rushing yards for Philly in this one. It's nice to see him. He broke off a late touchdown run, but it was just uh, an almost perfect performance, I think, for Philly. Even even James Bradbury got to pick off his former team, so that must have been great feeling for him. Um, but total domination from Philly, like you said, played terrific in all three aspects of the game, and I think they're looking just as you'd want a team to look going into conference championship game
0: boston scott continued his ownership of the giants he did another touchdown into the mix man everyone was talking about that like there's no way he keeps this going in the playoffs and there it is he did it again (laughs) with the touchdown to maybe not seal it but 21 nothing at that point it was felt like it was over and who else to put the nail in the coffin
1: i wonder if the eagles like if nick sirianni's like all right we're we're here at like the eight we're inside the ten Boston just get on the field and just hand it off to him and just every game because I remember like every game, yeah, yeah. The Giants were like, "Oh, we're not worried about him. We're not buying into none of that Giants killer nonsense." And it had to be real demoralizing for them
0: to see him score again. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just the lack of size. The Giants have bigger defenders, so he like goes underneath them. Who knows what it is? But there's something in the water. I have no idea. Austin Scott he's just Makes every him time. Perfect to kill the Giants. So who knows what it is, but um, looking ahead to the 49ers, I mean, is what scares you the most about the 49ers in terms of how they match up against the Eagles specifically?
1: I think their offensive weapons are just really good. George Kittle's been terrific with Brock Purdy. You got to worry about Christian McCaffrey at all times running and passing game. He's probably the best all-around do-it-all uh, running back in football, Debo Samuel not even just as a receiver, he could line up anywhere, do anything. Brandon Ayuk had a really, really good season, and um, Trent Williams out there at left tackle is gonna uh, be a tough person to, tough man to move for Josh Sweat on that side. Um, but I believe it's what Mike McGlinchey is their uh, right tackle, yeah, over there. Um, Hassan Reddick will be lined up against him, and Hassan Reddick has been on an absolute Tear uh, these past uh, few games. I believe he had one and a half against the Giants last week. 49ers, terrific D line. Best linebacker in football in Fred Warner. Secondaries, it's all, all right. Uh, not bad, but nothing that uh, totally scares you. But they're uh, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner. They got playmakers on offense, terrific defense. And Kyle Shanahan, terrific head coach. D'Amico Ryan's terrific defense coordinator. We'll probably be getting a head coaching job here. Uh, in the coming weeks Um, but they just have elite players everywhere and Brock Purdy is still not losing a game so I guess that scares you a little bit but he hasn't been totally otherworldly but you know he's he's done his job
0: yeah D'Amico Ryans could follow in Robert Sala's footsteps as a Niners DC turned head coach probably in the AFC as well with Houston it looks like so um, he's yeah, been he's having been that friendly. defense firing on all cylinders and you know, like you said about Purdy, I mean he's interesting because like the numbers are amazing. He's won every game. And you know, for a seventh round rookie, it's you know obviously incredible what he's done. But you watch every single game and you're like, you know, he's getting the job done, but are we mm. totally afraid of him? Is he making big-time throws? Is he creating? There's not a ton of that. It just feels like the Niners do such a good job of setting him yeah, up. Yeah, their game plan and, and he, schemes are just uh, wonderful. He's just executing it. like Kittle's wide open, and he makes a throw. He throws a screen to Devo, and it goes 80 yards for a touchdown. So, <laughs> yeah. like, like He's done his job, but it feels like on the road, you know, first road playoff game, this will be for him. In Philly, raucous crowd, that, that amazing pass rush that's been racking up the sacks. Uh, oh, Pressure is yeah. going to be on, so I think we're finally going to have to see, you know, how's he going to respond when he has to make plays more so than just mm-hmm. capitalize on the plays that are there. So if that Philly pass rush can do what it's done all year, they had what was it, 70 sacks in the regular 70, season, yeah. to lead the league, and it wasn't even close. They can keep that going, <laughs> probably 15 and, uh,
1: or something like that
0: against a, a good Niners O line that's kept them clean. It's. Uh, Going to be a great battle in the trenches on, on both sides because that the is. Eagles O-line is fantastic and the Niners D-line is not quite to the That's Eagles right. level, but is definitely also right there good. behind them. Also very good. So uh, I'm, I'm looking at actually the list here of the top teams and quarterback hits in the regular season. San Francisco is number 3, Eagles number 2, and number 1 is the New York the Jets, Jets with
1: 129.
0: Congratulations, guys. Only 45 100 and...
1: sacks. <laughs> 120 uh, of those came from Bryce Huff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and Quinn and Williams, but um yeah, so great battles in the trenches on both sides. I think are going to decide this. But speaking of the Jets, even though they will not be playing this weekend, it's still been an eventful week for them. Nathaniel Hackett is in as the offensive coordinator. Um, Let's go. Gets apparently interviewed 15 candidates, Candidates, according to Robert Sala, which is definitely a lot more than we heard about in terms of the number of names yeah. that were reported. So it um, seems like they had a wide search and they end up with Hackett. And you have to think this can only lead to one thing because he had, a, he's coming off a terrible season with the Broncos. And he had some good years before that as an OC with, a few different teams but after a season like that to pull him right back in as an OC you have to think this is about Aaron Rodgers don't you because it was only a couple days before this that Adam Schefter came out and said that it's a very real possibility Rodgers could be traded and he went on the Pat McAfee show and was pretty openly talking about potentially getting traded saying it's something that he would consider if he thinks there's a better chance to win elsewhere and Mm -hmm. that he wouldn't want to rebuild in Green Bay so all of that happened now Hackett gets hired and Sala also openly said at the press conference that they want a veteran quarterback that's what they're looking for so all eyes turn to that now and that contract and that trade situation and how this is all going to play out but um it's exciting and nerve-wracking for a Jets fan mm. because the opportunity to have Aaron Rodgers on your team I mean after everything we've been through so, through all these years to sign me up Sign me up, even if it's a slightly declined version of him, it's like plug that into the rest of this team that we have here, this defense, yeah. these weapons, and Jets can legitimately contend for the Super Bowl. But there are questions with the contract and what are you gonna trade from him or for him? Uh, how much cap space are you putting into him, not just this year, but the next few years? How many years is he gonna give you? Is it just one year? Even if it's two, that's still like a yeah. short-term fix. Can you win the Super Bowl in two years? So, you know, also age wise, is he still the same player or is his decline this year going to continue? So there are many questions this, you know, to have you concerned, but the upside is impossible to pass up on. So exciting, but nerve wracking time for Jets fans. I mean, from your outsider perspective, if Rogers were to join this Jets team, Mm-hmm. How would you fit the Jets into that AFC picture? A lot of contenders, a lot of good young quarterbacks. Where do you would you slide an Aaron Rodgers Jets team in that?
1: I think, um, excuse me. I think the top two teams have been for the past two seasons of the AFC. I think you got Chiefs and the Bengals are probably the cream of the crop in that conference. Um, but safe, Aaron Rodgers comes in, um, and you know he didn't have one wonderful year this year but it's still Aaron Rodgers and and maybe say if he goes to a new change of scenery elevates his play um I think the Jets could definitely be right up there with Buffalo probably even better than Buffalo is they had another playoff collapse this season not saying that Josh Allen can't win the games but it, it makes you wonder like when the Bills are so talented, what are they going to get to the Super Bowl? And I think if right. the Jets, with one of the best quarterbacks in the league, with Aaron Rodgers, I think the Jets probably become better than Buffalo and come right there in that two, three, maybe even one seed in the AFC next year.
0: Yeah. And let's talk about the Bills a little bit because I think this was such a pivotal loss for them and kind of where they stand in the AFC picture and the NFL picture because, you know, before this, it always felt like, they're right there, and that Super Bowl is going to happen at some point. Mm. You know, they make the playoffs in 2019 in Josh Allen's second season. They lose in the wild card. Then after that, they break out in 2020, his third season. He's a superstar now. They're an elite team, and they lose that AFC Championship to the Chiefs. Then mm. after that, they meet again against the Chiefs in uh, 2021, and they lose that epic game in the divisional round. Um, or, 13 seconds away from hosting the AFC championship but you know people gave them a pass for that it's like all right add the chiefs two classic teams you game. know yeah. classic game two great teams going head to head could have won either way you know people gave them a pass and they were still the super bowl favorites going into this mm-hmm. year and then they had another great season they couldn't quite get the one seed but they were two they hosted in the divisional round and this was the year they were supposed to finally get over the top, but now you lose the home game, their first home playoff loss in this era here um, to mm-hmm. the Bengals, who now prove themselves as a team to be respected with back to proving last year is no fluke now that they're getting back. Um, so the Bengals yeah. overcoming the Bills, Bills losing at home. Now the Bills are sort of becoming a Cowboys kind of team where it's like, all right, guys, now you have to we get over we the win? at some yeah. point. You got to win at some point. Like, we love the talent that you have. Like, can't question it, but at this point, now you got to prove it. There's no more of, all right, they're the favorites. They're going to get there. They're up and coming. At this point, they're not living up to expectations. So they they'll continue to, to be contenders out. out there. But now the pressure is on in the playoffs for them. While the Bengals, on the other hand, are, like you said, I, I would at this point now put them as the number two team in the AFC behind the Chiefs. And if they win this game, they're number one. Um, yeah, because I think they, they definitely the overcame the, Chiefs, the Bills. Maybe. Yeah, they've... They're 3 uh, 0, Joe Burrow is against the Chiefs, including last year's championship. So, this is a chance for him to really put his stamp on the AFC and for the Bengals to make their claim as the team to be in this conference. But uh, I guess let's get into these conference championship games and we'll start on the AFC side. Um, how do you see this one playing out? Who do you like? And I guess we could both give our score predictions.
1: I think before the playoffs, uh, I gave. You know, we did that, that little one minute and however second yeah. long <laughs> playoff prediction there. And I've been on the Bengals. I had them beating the Bills. I had them beating the Chiefs in Championship. And I still have them beating the Chiefs here. Uh, Mahomes, a little bit of an ankle injury. So probably won't be 100%, but he's still Patrick Mahomes. Him on one leg is better than 25 other quarterbacks in the league. Um, but I don't know. There's just something about the Bengals. that just seems magical. And... Last year, came up just short, almost beat the Rams, just short. But I just – they have that spark. I don't know if it's Joe Burrow or what it is, the weapons that they have. The defense is is also a very very good group, so it's not like they just have this amazing offense. But they probably have the best uh, set of playmakers on offense in the playoffs remaining. They just find ways to win, and I think they're going to go into Arrowhead. Once again, Joe Burrow is going to leave Patrick Mahomes defeated.
0: Yeah, the Bengals, I feel like they're a more complete team than they were last year. And I mean, they got hot in the playoffs, but just overall, mm-hmm. the defense is better than it was last year. Um, I guess the biggest question is the O-line injuries, but that did not affect them at all on Buffalo against an amazing defense. I mean, they were just running the ball all over them, 172 rushing yards. Joe Burrow was clean all day, as clean as those all-white uniforms in that Buffalo snow. Uh, so didn't affect them. The O-line was stepping up despite the uh, the injuries, and that's been the biggest question with the Bengals yeah, there's a couple last injuries. year, is the O-line. Can we protect Joe Burrow? And if they're going to do that, and I think Buffalo's defense is better than Kansas City's, um, they are going to have a great shot. And then there's Patrick Mahomes' health. Is he 100%? Which it looks like he is based on some of the videos that are coming out of practice, but you never know if he's going to be to the maximum of his ability. Mm-hmm. And if he's not, that could definitely shift the edge in the Bengals favor. So mm, this is this is a tough one. I, I kind of lean one. Kansas City just because I think they're due to get that win over the Bengals. For yeah. the Chiefs going 0 4 against any one team just doesn't <laughs> seem right. So I, I think they're going to get this done. I think they're going to find ways to exploit that injured O-line. And uh Keep the Bengals in check enough for wow. Patrick Mahomes to do what he can do. So I'll go with twenty-seven,
1: twenty-five in favor. Wow! Weird score. Uh, I'll take the Bengals. I think it will be a high-scoring fashion. Give me, give me Cincinnati thirty-three, Kansas City.
0: Here we go. Oh, I don't know. Anticipation is building.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say like twenty-eight. but That's like a weird number. Give me uh, Cincinnati thirty-three and Kansas City
0: twenty-seven. Okay, I mean, I went with twenty-five. I don't, I don't know how exactly I see them getting to that number. Maybe there's a missed extra <laughs> point or something points. in there. Or how do you even get to twenty-five points? I guess that is very weird. You have twenty-one two, good three field <laughs> goals. See it regular there has to be a safety in there to get to 25 yeah i don't know how that would work i'd have to look at an example well, well it's gonna to, happen now yeah uh, there let's say there's a safety in there how about that it's the weirdest, weirdest.
1: thing have you ever been on nfl.com's uh, like seen their prediction for games in the regular season there's like three games that have like someone predicts a, a score of 25 it doesn't make any sense you never see a team scoring 25
0: All right, I got the NFL schedule pulled up right here every game. But no, anyone get twenty-five here. Okay. We got the Cowboys beating the commanders twenty-five to ten. Let's see how they did it. So the Cowboys had there are four field goals in here, and we have a touchdown two touchdowns, one of them with a missed extra point. So there you go. Sure
1: wasn't sure it wasn't four missed extra points from Brett
0: Maher. It was only only one from Brett Maher. That was one of his (laughs) three misses in the regular season. Very different from the postseason, Brad Monger. But uh, that was insane—like
1: four missed yeah. extra points. How, how does that happen? <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh that's crazy God.
0: to watch. Because I mean, I didn't follow the Cowboys extremely closely or or closely enough to know what their kicker's stats were. So when I looked it up when he was having that game, I was like, "Oh, he actually had a good season." Yeah, solid surprising. Year. I was like, "It's not like this is a bum who just." I mean, I knew who <laughs> he was, so. Uh, he was on the Jets for a little bit a couple years ago uh, in the preseason. So I didn't know he had a great season, so I was like, what is happening? I guess sometimes just gets in your head. You miss one, and then you overcorrect on the next one, and then now you're just all out of whack, and you just now can't picture it getting it through the post. You're just trying too hard. I guess that's what happened. And he missed one kick in the – yeah, got blocked against the Niners, right? I think he kicked it yeah. too low. But then he he still affected the game because then after that, they went for a fourth down that they didn't get right, um, because they didn't want to try the field goal. Yeah, so, I think so. Yeah, so that definitely affected. While Robbie Gold on the other side is still perfect in the playoffs for his career, so he's the clutch. Robbie Gold doesn't. Best performer. He's the guy the Eagles fans got to watch this week.
1: They got it. How are you gonna stop him? Them. I don't know. What's the game plan for Robbie Gold?
0: He's coming back to his home state. He's from Jersey Shore, Pennsylvania. I'm just looking at this right now. It's not as if I have that knowledge. <laughs> you stored don't in my have brand.
1: it. <laughs> Your Robbie Gold
0: knowledge. Robbie Gold, sporkle quiz. is not coming out anytime soon. Uh, yeah, got to look out for Robbie Gold. Uh, so let's, speaking of Robbie Gold, switch to that Eagles-Niners game. I mean, obviously you're an Eagles fan, so I don't um, expect you to predict them to lose, but I guess... Where do you see this game landing? Is it going to be a grittier defensive game? Is it going to be a shootout? Because both teams are so good on both sides, so it's hard to say what type of yeah. game it's going to be.
1: I don't – like I want to say it's a de- going to be a defensive game, but the Eagles lately in the playoffs playing at home just seem to blow teams out. You got 38-7 against the Vikings, 38-7. Against the Giants, uh, the energy has just been unmatched. This team just seems different than others. I don't think it's going to be a total slaughter from the Eagles offensively, um, but I think that the Eagles' defense will be able to keep Brock Purdy in check um, more than he has been. Um, I think the pass rush gets to him a lot quicker than any other team has this season and I think gets some happy feet. He might throw a couple picks. Uh, maybe even fumble, strip sack or something. Um, but I see the Eagles. Ah, God, I hate predicting a win, especially in the playoffs. But Eagles, <laughs> Eagles, I'll go take the Eagles 23, Niners 13.
0: It's a good prediction. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I think the Eagles defense is going to give the Niners problems they haven't seen yet. Uh, even last week, I mean, Great Cowboys defense, only put up 19 on them at home. So going on the road now against an Eagles defense that's probably even better than the Cowboys, especially Mm. in the pass rush. Uh, And secondary as well, really the whole pass defense. I think it's an even greater challenge. And it's just, can the Eagles run the football, control the game, do what they do offensively to be able to win a gritty game? I do see this being defensive. I think it'll be a defensive game, so... I'm sort of in a similar range to you. I think it'll be something like Eagles, 20, Niners. Should I go with another weird number? Let's go with 12. What are you going to say? Like, 20 I, to 12.
1: I, 12 <laughs> Is that what you thought I was going to say? That popped in my head originally. but I'm like, that's just that's just weird.
0: Could be 15. That's a weird yeah. one. 16. But I'll go nah, Actually, twelve's a little low. I think it's going to be closer than that. How about 20 to 16? 20 to Touchdown to three field Versus That's a small run. Robbie team.
1: Gold doesn't miss. so
0: Yeah, he's going to get three for three, but Eagles are going to hold up in the red zone, force Purdy into some bad sacks when they're in touchdown range. I'm going to go with, what do you say, over under three and a half Eagle sacks?
1: Over. I'm taking the over. Okay. I think they Good. get like six or seven.
0: Trying to see what Purdy's sacks are. So here's his sacks as a starter starting with the Cowboys game, 2-1-4-0, 3-1-0-3. So if they can get over three and a half, it would only be the second time that's happened to him as a starter. What so, a
1: line that Vegas has put out. Three and a half sacks.
0: That's my line right here. I'm Vegas <laughs> now you making are Vegas. up my own lines. I wonder if there is a line for that. Let's try to look that up. Eagles defense think... sacks over under versus Niners. see if it comes up. <laughs> Here we go. It's an article from Sports Uh, Illustrated. We got it? Oh, it's not in here. Never mind. Thanks for your amazing content.
1: Sports Illustrated.
0: Only good for the magazine
1: covers.
0: (laughs) Eagles are two and a half point favorites. I would take the Eagles.
1: Yeah, I I just... Asana reich has been playing very well. Fletcher Cox has done well. Javon Hargreaves is always a problem in the middle. Even Josh Schwett has Josh, Josh, oh, <laughs> Josh Schwett. Josh Schwett. Josh Schwett. Josh – uh such a tongue twister. Josh Schwett has been playing very well back from injury, uh, but he's going against Trent Williams. So if he can get a quarterback hit or a couple of hurries, that will be fine of me. But Hassan Reddick is somehow not a candidate for defensive player of the year when he has the second most sacks in the league. He's got five forced fumbles. You know, this doesn't exist apparently in the football world but chris jones does who gets zero sacks in his playoff career um also another nonsense about nfl awards they they showed the um the coach award finalist nick scigiani was there then apparently they took him off the list don't know how that happens i'm on nfl.com right now is he is he on here anymore yeah, it says he's on here, but then I saw some people saying he wasn't on there anymore, which wouldn't make sense. But I, I don't think myself. I wouldn't take Nick Sirianni for the coach of the year, even though he could deserve it. But I think Brian Dayball's done uh, um, a fantastic job out there with the Giants. I'd, I'd give a uh, Dayball coach of the year.
0: Yes, yeah, so we can get into the awards before we get to that. I just saw this interesting tweet from Football Outsiders. I'm curious what you think of it. So they're saying that the Eagles use shotgun on 90% of their regular season snaps, which is the most in the league. Obviously, we know the Eagles very shotgun heavy. Mm. That backs it up. And the Niners defense gave up the second lowest defensive DVOA against shotgun plays this season. So what are your thoughts on that? You think the Niners are going to be a challenge for the Eagles uh, shotgun offense?
1: I think definitely, especially when you have Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, probably the best yeah. linebacker in core in football. Um, you know, you always got to watch out for Nick Bosa. He'll be going against Lane Johnson, who, who's one of the best tackles in football. So that will be – you know, there's great matchups. Hassan Reddick doesn't line up against left tackles. That will be Josh Sweat. You know, you got Sweat versus Trent Williams. Then you have on the other side Nick Bosa versus Lane Johnson. So it's a, a terrific game to watch if you're a fan of offensive and defensive line matchups um but shotguns like i said the the 49ers have a terrific defense i think it will be a challenge just in general um to put up uh not even put up points just to get in the red zone and get touched on opportunities but it's also the playoffs and throw away all those stupid stats they don't exist anymore
0: all out the window all that matters is this game but yeah those linebackers i mean if hurts is gonna get back to his usual running ways because he didn't run quite as well, he did have nine rushing attempts last game, but only the 34 yards, a little bit below his usual standards mm. against the Giants. So if he is going to get back into some of those other games this year where he's running 16, 17 times, those 49ers linebackers make it hard for the quarterback to run when there's the speed and range to just fly around and catch those guys, uh, catch those quarterbacks who can run. So tough Niners defense. This is a awesome just football game matchup. There's so much talent on both sides and it's gonna be very good to watch. So I guess let's get into some award predictions here as the awards for the NFL are going out next week. They are doing that award yeah, show yeah, after the championship week. Yeah I think it's the yeah something like that. Yeah. Or is it the week before it, the Super Bowl? I
1: think it's I think it's after this oh man. I don't know. Who knows?
0: Actually. Who cares all we, and who all we do knows. know is that the Jets are going to be well represented. <laughs> And we're oh, hoping yeah. to take home two awards there. So let's start with the defensive rookie of the year. Uh, we got Sauce Gardner. We got Tariq Woolen. We got Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, you mm-hmm. think there's any chance Sauce doesn't take this home?
1: Um, I guess there's a possibility. <laughs> um, you know, I guess off of interception numbers with Tariq Woolen um Aiden Hutchinson only all a, a pro in here though area. first
0: team all pro yeah yeah the one thing
1: i like sauce gardner but the one thing that he's annoying he's he needs to shut up on twitter sometimes i'm tired of him <laughs> i'm tired of him seeing saying oh they don't i didn't i didn't give up one touchdown i don't i don't care if you did i don't care if you didn't just shut up no one cares
0: you he gave up on one a
1: lot. it's just like like i like him i loved him pre-draft that i just I don't follow him, but I just see his tweets all the time. I'm just like, does this guy ever shut up about these touchdowns? And he usually or...
0: deletes it too. He's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. actually, I gave up one, but it was actually zero. But I'm not going to get into the details of that. And then he'll delete <laughs> so, it.
1: <laughs> it's so annoying. Oh god. But uh, yeah, I'll give it sauce to Sauce win this one. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson <laughs> did he have like three interceptions or something this season for the Lions? I think, at le- at <laughs> least two.
0: I forget if he got three. Yeah. Weird um... season in that way.
1: Very weird, but he had like nine and a half sacks, something like that. A very yeah, good he did season. have three picks, uh, but I think wow. I think More when than you sauce, just play actually. like a terrific, <laughs> you play a terrific shutdown number one cornerback type season, all pro season, I think you have to win. So I'll give Sauce the uh the win there.
0: Yeah, going to the offensive rookie of the year, I think this is this one's a lot tougher. Um, this was interesting. The Candidates that they put out for this one, I think you knew Garrett Wilson and Kenneth Walker were going to be on there, but Brock Purdy over Chris Olave. I think they just did that to rile people up. Um, So, how do you? Who do you see taking this one home?
1: Like I want. Oh gosh, I don't know. I feel like, you know what? give me Garrett Wilson. I
0: don't. Yeah, let's go. Okay, so obviously I'm biased for Garrett Wilson. I. if Kenneth Kenneth Walker wins it, it wouldn't surprise me. But I guess the case yeah. I'd make for Garrett Wilson is look at what he was working with, with these quarterbacks. Three, you know, three different yeah. quarterbacks who mostly struggled besides a couple of good games from Mike White. And he still put up those numbers. Um while with Walker and and he's still had a great season, but um, part of that rookie class for the Seahawks that gets praised is those O linemen they drafted. They had pretty good rookie years as yeah. well. So, you know, if we're gonna credit those guys, then they're kind of contributing. To Kenneth Walker's success, whereas success. with Garrett Wilson, yeah. it's like he's kind of doing all that by himself. So that's the case I'd give him, but I wouldn't be surprised if Walker wins it. But Brock Purdy yeah, off of tough. what he has, six regular <laughs> season starts, then we should be having Brees Hall on the list. And
1: it's not like he probably like starts <laughs> 350 yards a game with 20 touchdowns or something. Something insane. We're like, oh man, this guy has to make the list. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's like if you look at his stats, I guess maybe like the passer rating and all that. But when you watch him, it's like, like we said earlier, it's kind of, he's just along for the ride. It's not as if he's leading the way. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't think he has a chance, but it's between Walker and Garrett Wilson. I could see either of them. But uh, my case is for Wilson because of the support. So, uh, let's see a couple other ones on here. How about uh, Offensive Player of the Year? They got a uh, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Hurts, Justin Jefferson, Patrick Mahomes.
1: Well, I think Mahomes will probably win MVP, so I'll take Mahomes yeah, off agree. there. And I think, I think Jefferson. I mean, he sat one one game I think at the end of the season, um, but he slowed down a little bit towards the end of the season. But still, an absolutely amazing year. I'm going to give this one to Hurts because I think he deserves an award. Uh, he played. Almost as amazing of a quarterback season as you could, and without Jalen Hurts, like you saw with Minshew, the offense didn't work as it did earlier on in the season. So I think it's it's Hurts' awards to win, Hurts' uh, award to win.
0: Has that happened before, where a quarterback wins MVP, but a different quarterback wins Offensive Player of the Year?
1: I don't know. They usually give it to like a playmaker, but I don't know. I think Hurts deserves an award for. I'm not going to say he. He's the main reason why the Eagles had the season they did, but he's definitely the biggest reason why they
0: did. Yeah, he's definitely up there. I think I think he'll be second in the MVP voting, but I do think I'd give mm-hmm. it to Mahomes just because the Eagles have such an, a great team. And and we did see them without hurts in those two games and the impact that it had. So that adds to his case for sure. But still, like you look at the defense and the weapons and the O line, yeah. and it's a great all around team. While with the Chiefs, you know, they lose Tyree Kill and there's a lot of rookies and young guys in this offense, and it's he just makes them look just as good as they did beforehand. So uh, I would go with Mahomes for MVP. Offensive player, I got to give it to Jefferson because yeah. you know just he kind of carried the Vikings this year. Without he him, did. like how many of those close games do they win without him? Maybe three or four of them. <laughs> They'd probably be like a four- or five-win team. So I would give it to Justin Jefferson. For offensive player Tyree Kill, maybe would have had a chance. Tua didn't get hurt, but that mm-hmm. crushed uh, his chances. So, a couple more awards uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Nick, and like you said, Hassan Reddick is unfortunately not on this list. but right, we got not there. Nick Bosa, Chris Jones, and Michael Parsons.
1: Well, yeah, I don't want to give it to him, but I'll give it to Michael Parsons because I think he just does so much and even though I hate the Cowboys, I mean Micah Parsons is a top five probably just all around player in the league. He can do anything, he can line up at inside linebacker, he can line up at edge, he could drop into coverage, he could blitz from the middle, blitz from the edge, he could do anything you ask him. And I think Nick Bosa is the best pass rusher in the league, but I think Micah Parsons is probably the best defensive all around player in the league. He could just do everything. And without him, I think the Cowboys defense is nowhere where it was. You know, same could be said with uh, Nick Bosa, but uh, Micah Parsons just does so much. I'll give him the award.
0: This is a tough one. Bosa or Parsons. Uh, I kind of lean towards Bosa. Just, I think, his pass rushing season. I mean, he obviously led the league in sacks, but he also had 48 quarterback hits, which is pretty mm-hmm. insane. Um, So, I'm going to go Bosa, but I could see either of those. I don't think Chris Jones has a chance, but he was... Pretty awesome too. Unfortunately, I, I think Quinn and Williams could have been up here if he played more snaps. Uh, like if you look mm. at their numbers per Big snap, Q. Chris Jones and Big Q, and they're basically the same. It's just that Jones played like 200 more snaps. So unfortunately, Quinnan is not up there, yeah. but he was a first-team All-Pro, so he's going to get paid this off-season. Um, any more we didn't get to? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, comeback player, that. comeback player of the year, Saquon McCaffrey, Geno player. Smith.
1: That's upsetting that uh Brandon Graham's not on the list either. Thirty four years old, coming Another off a torn defender. ACL, and he puts up, he puts up a career high in sacks, eleven, and he's not even a starting defensive end rotational guy. Definitely could have had him up there. Um, I guess I and not even a prediction. They're just going to give it to Geno Smith, um, for everything that he did this season, battling back for many many years of not being. A starting quarterback at all. And now he had a terrific yep. season, so Gino's gonna win it. <laughs> so I'd
0: give it to Gino for coach, you've Dayball. I think I'm gonna agree with you on that one. Yeah. That was just the most overperforming team, I would say. That's usually who gets it. And there's one more interesting yeah. one here on this NFL.com article I'm looking at we got assistant coach of the year. We have Ben Johnson, Lions OC, D'Amico Ryans, and Shane Steichen from the from the Eagles. You think he's gonna take this home?
1: No, they'll probably give it to D'Amico Ryan's. But Ben Johnson is a pretty good case. against the, Lions the offense
0: was, yeah, really outperformed. Really good the talent they um, had. I just think D'Amico Ryan's could give it to Michael is catching steam here at the end of
1: the season. Could, New Rams. I'll take uh, <laughs> D'Amico.
0: I'll go with Ben Johnson here. That's my prediction. So we'll be different on that one. But uh, clock's running out here. So great it episode. Catch catching back chip up. Week recapping playoffs championship week this is what you live for as a football fan all everything on the line eagles trying to win a second super bowl here in a span of a few years establish themselves as the new class of the nfl